0: Hey, how you doing, J-Man here, and welcome to yet another edition of the Launchpad Podcast. It is season two, and we have a great guest lined up for you. So I decided when I started doing these podcasts, it wasn't going to be about the Rona, right? But the Rona does affect us all, so I wanna make sure that I'm giving you the proper tools and putting you in front of the proper people to help you navigate these really uncertain times. And the gentleman that I'm bringing right now, To the stage is someone that I've kind of known for a long time he's kind of known about me we've shared similar circles Uh, maybe we'll get into that during the podcast Uh, but he's a very successful entrepreneur taking it all the way back to the teens at one point he was homeless Uh, possibly we'll we'll touch on that Uh, last time that we had a brief little chat before this podcast talking about selling mixtapes out of the trunk of your car which is pretty amazing Uh, You've gone on to be a brick-and-mortar entrepreneur. You had a hip-hop shop uh, right here in the nation's capital in the downtown market. Then you got into income properties, not just having one door, two doors, but having multiple doors, and now you are an investor in properties, motivational speaker. You have your own charitable organization. Basically, I could take up this entire podcast just talking about all the things this guy does, uh, and he's going to help us navigate through Uh, real estate also probably the power of words uh, and just what it means to be an entrepreneur in today's market Uh, the one and only Alfonso and I'm gonna go for it quadra yes sir yeah Yeah. all right how you doing brother what's going on J man I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And also, I just want to give a big shout-out to my sponsor, Galant Media, galantmedia.ca. He does websites, graphic design, T-shirts like this one. I thought you'd appreciate I this because this t-shirt. is hip-hop.
1: I want, I want that T-shirt. All right, that's
0: hip-hop. We're going we're gonna to hook you up with one of those. All right, oh, so Alfonso, uh, let's just go right back. I don't want to spend too much time in the past because there's so much happening right now and moving into the future. Uh, but we were talking about, you know, you were 15 years old. Uh, you were on your own. And just take me through the progress of being in that space to where you kind of start to realize that you have some entrepreneurial skills in regards to the the mixtapes, which I absolutely adore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll take you just a little bit uh, uh, back to, you know, I'm from El Salvador, a country in civil war. And so we came here as uh, refugees from the civil war. In fact, I, I missed a lot of uh, educational opportunities because we were moving around so much, you know, either hiding from regimes or war or uh, you know, going country to country until we ended, uh, in can- ended up in Canada. Thank God for Canada. Uh, we live in the best country in the world. And uh, I came as a, as a refugee from uh, war-torn countries in, in, uh, in Central America. And so I had a, a really tough time integrating into schools, um, make a long story short, by the time I'm 15, I'm completely uh, frustrated, I drop out of high school, uh, I left home, uh, and uh, ended up on the streets, you know, sleeping on park benches, uh, you know, inside, uh, the ATM spot where the banks are, you know, remember that, you know, remember that, uh, RBC on right. uh, Rito used to be stitched, uh, turned into stitches at some point, but now it's, uh, Joy's Joey's restaurant, <laughs> right? right. Uh, whenever I drive by, and actually I've I've, uh, I've stayed in that restaurant. I've actually slept in that bank, uh, you know, in that RBC. Also down the street, there was I don't know if you remember on Rito in Kenew, Kenew, Kine- or, or no, just before that, um, there was um, a National Bank of Canada, <laughs> and uh, and I slept in that bank as well. And wow. uh, it's kind of surreal because I was doing a talk for the National Bank of Canada. Uh, probably about uh, two, two, three years ago. And I went in and trained their, their high-level executives. And uh, my talks pretty much started like this. Like, guys, you know, this is first full circle. You won't believe it. You know, when I was 15 years old, I slept in one of your banks. And now I'm here teaching you about success. Right. Anything's and, possible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, um, you know, I had some really dark moments, just like uh, a lot of us, uh, uh, Jason, uh, we've gone through something there's there, there i mean there's always a low point for everyone for me the lowest point was actually panhandling for change on, on Rito street and uh you know i learned a lot from those moments i was uh, i was pretty much lost i had no guidance which which is why i've created the youth foundation and we can talk about that later on but uh, i had a life-changing moment at 17 because at 17 years old i became a father of a beautiful little girl her name is Talia she's turning 25 today so you can imagine how long ago was that right uh, so I was 17 you know I, I'm a father and so I decided that you know what I was gonna stop blaming the entire world for my issues and I was gonna take responsibility over my own life and uh, I went back to school got a job they weren't you know giving out like executive salaries on, in those days uh, five dollars an hour I was a dishwasher at Paddles Bistro, uh, right beside Mexicali Rosas. And, uh, you know, the worst job in my life, my only, my, my, own, my first and last job, of, I'm talking about employment.
0: You know what? It's, it's funny you say that um, because that was a very similar story for me and around the similar area. I used to work at Tucker's Marketplace. Oh, wow. And <laughs> we used to have to scrub the floors after we are done working. So we'd cut meat. We'd do all that stuff, the kitchen staff. Were you a, were you a dishwasher? no i never had to do dishwasher i got to skip past dishwasher i'm a little i'm a little bougie i wouldn't do the dishwashing shit uh but i I did have to be the kitchen staff and scrub and i just remember uh wanting to quit that job and my mother was uh, a person that saw things through and she said i could quit that job if i went to school and i quickly realized uh, one year into that job that if this is all that's going to be available for me moving forward I absolutely need to do something. So I had one of those aha moments as well. So please continue.
1: Yeah, so you know, the job was just horrible. It's the worst job, it, it, you know, I, I would say that anybody could have is you're pretty much at the the, the bottom of the, of, the, of the food chain when it comes to the restaurant business. Right. And uh, you know, it just kinda, and it wasn't, it, and not only that, $5 an hour, and it wasn't gonna be enough to go to school full time, and have this job. I was working full time and going to school full time, trying to finish my high school. It wasn't going to be enough to 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 feed my family, right? right? And so I decided to start a a, a side business, which is. The t-shirts the the jeans and the mixtapes out of my locker the locker school. i gave you too yeah. much credit i said you had a car <laughs> i wish i had a car
0: <laughs> okay that, i gotta ask you uh, before you move forward what was your favorite tune at the time that you would be putting on one of these mixtapes what what song had to be on there
1: well it was you know the, the music wasn't as available as, as it is today right Right. So you know anybody can go uh, to. I remember we used to go to H and uh, H V, yeah. And you could get your mix by uh, uh, what's a, what's that guy's name from Much Music ah, with the Dreads.
0: Oh, uh, Michael Williams.
1: He's actually somebody oh, no. keeping talk Oh no? No, no. no, no, but there's another guy. Uh, you know, he used to do the reggae and the tech, the, the techno. Anyways, oh, you I know your, what you're
0: talking about. He was a skinnier dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And you'd get your 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 DJ whatever mix from Canada, you know, and it would have like, you know, all the you know the maestros and the this and okay. the that. So
0: you straight bootlegged,
1: like straight up. You yeah. took somebody so else's ba- <laughs> So basically so basically what I would do is in, in Toronto, you could go get on the streets, you could get the the, the real DJs from New York, right? right. So the Tony Touch. The 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 the, the um, DJ Flex, uh, you know, all these 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 uh, these guys that you couldn't find at at HMV, uh, right? And so I would just dub it. I would go to dollar, dollar the dollar store, and I would just dub like twenty. You remember you go to the dollar store? Absolutely.
0: Like 20, when cassettes 20, were a thing, I have yeah. a cassette in my in my table over there.
1: Yeah, and so yeah, you know, you I, I mean, I was I was a kind of kid, and you probably have this kid in your mind that always had a backpack with always something to sell in the back. Right, and, and I had this dream of opening my own physical location uh, you know a, a hip-hop clothing store and in the night in 1996 when I started that was a tail end of a, a, a recession and I remember people like you can't be a start a business you need like to have a business license you need to have like a edu- business education an MBA uh, and by the way there's a recession I tell people all the time like thank God I didn't even know the meaning of the word <laughs> Right, (laughs) because people used to say, "Oh, there's a recession." I said, "Oh, that's great." I mean, it didn't mean anything to me, right? I didn't have anything. As as far as I knew, my entire life was in a recession. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I love that. Yes. (laughs) So, so um, you know, I did when I graduated high school. I I got my friends involved, and uh, pretty much ninety-six percent of my friends said, "You're crazy." Four percent said, "You know what? There's some. There's something to you, right?" And uh, they all believed in the idea, and I managed to raise about twenty seven hundred dollars and I used those twenty seven hundred dollars uh, to open my 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 first location location on Dalhousie street, uh, way down near downtown records. If you remember like Dahousie was yeah. like, you're almost into Quebec at that point and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know I opened we we took uh, you know part of it first and last month's rent, so that was about $2,000, as you can imagine, $700, we drove down to New York City, and uh, we bought from uh, street vendors or whatever, $700 worth of merchandise, Right, brought it back, and we were completely sold out within that first day we opened. We actually, uh, we actually had to, you know, close the store the next day and say, we're out of inventory, if wow. you can imagine. right? And, uh, you know, that $700 turned into $2,000 and the $2,000 turned into $4,000 of merchandise. And those right. $4,000 turned into $8,000. And then uh, by the time I was 21, I had locations all across Canada. And, uh, you know, I, I I discovered that being an entrepreneur was, you know, it's exactly where I needed it to be in my life.
0: Right. So a couple of takeaways from that would be number one, your circle is really important, right? The people that surround you, you go with the people that support you. Number two, being bulletproof. What's a recession? It's great, right? You yeah. didn't buy into other people's beliefs, right? You didn't have yeah. their ceiling. Uh, your own expectations were just wherever you thought you could go. Uh, and now I'm really curious, you get into this brick and mortar business, you're hustling, you're reinvesting in yourself, obviously, which so many people don't do. Why yeah. hip-hop? What, where did hip-hop come from? Well, um... Like the music, I, the culture, I, everything. So
1: I was, yeah, so the, I was completely engulfed in the culture, right? And, um, you know, I did, I did, uh, we did start a rap group uh, earlier on when I was 14, 15. And I just couldn't memorize my, my lines. <laughs> bad rapper. You're a bad rapper. I was, a, shit. I was a horrible. I was, a every, every... <laughs> every song turned into a freestyle because yeah I that's I gonna say I couldn't I just couldn't remember my lines uh, you know part of the culture is uh, dancing I can't you know I can dance I can salsa you of know course what I mean? you can but, but uh, you know I just you know wasn't it was I wasn't gonna be able to make it uh, make it into a business now the next thing was sports well you know I'm five six so basketball wasn't going to be the thing for me,
0: right?
1: especially being in Canada. And uh, I looked around the marketplace and I said, there's nobody feeding this marketing in, in Ottawa, especially uh-huh. uh, the, the hip hop. And I was, that's what I knew. And I always tell people it's easier to, to leverage something, you know, and then the business skills will come as a result of you doing something you love because right. it wasn't it wasn't just for the dollar signs. Right. It was, you know, of course, it's a business and I, and I wanted right. to make a living out of it. I just wanted to do something with my life, you know, other than dishwashing, <laughs> right. but uh, I wanted to do something with my life that, uh, that was interesting and I can bring value to the marketplace. And I, and i and that's why I chose uh, hip hop clothing. Right. Right. Okay. Um, later on, things changed after nine 11 where we had a, a contraction. Uh-huh. And it um, this is the first time I ever heard the understood the word recession, uh-huh. and uh, it was a mini contraction. It was similar to what we're experiencing now with COVID, where it's kind of like all of a sudden, boom! Everybody just stopped spending, right? Yeah. Everybody's scared. Everybody's glued to their to to, to CNN, and seeing what's happening. And was it was about a six month contraction? I mean, they, they they. I mean, all my goods were coming from New York City at that time. They stopped all travel between the, the, the you know, Canada. The, the, they closed that border between Canada and, uh, right. and the U.S. Right. in terms of goods going back and forth. And so I was like, whoa, you know, and I really felt it. And it was such a hard, harsh contraction for me mm-hmm. that I almost lost everything, right? right. And um, I lost sight of, you know, business. And because I just thought, like, it was just going to be ongoing uh, right. expansion for the rest of my mm-hmm. life until I was smacked with a with an actual recession right. I managed to kind of turn things around but the second time I said to myself I need a secondary source of income that's indestructible that's right. Armageddon proof right and this is when I got into real estate and so I, I managed to go back and rebuild my business uh, you know pretty much from scratch almost almost at the brink of bankruptcy Wow and um, rebuilt the business but now what was different instead of taking the profits and buying you know trucks and jewelry and t-shirts and clothing and trips i put it all into real estate yeah and uh, build a portfolio that was that was in my mind i was saying recession-proof armageddon proof and so when we went through 2008 now i'm more aware of what's going on in in the marketplace and i was able to to capture all the opportunities
0: right and i pretty
1: much tripled tripled my portfolio at that time in real estate oh wow uh, going into 2009 2010.
0: so again some really great takeaways and i think what a lot of people are experiencing right now that maybe didn't experience back in 2008 is the fact that uh how little in control you really are of your life uh, sometimes, right? Even when it just comes to going to the grocery store, uh, we're going to start seeing that supply chains are going get, to start getting cut off, right? To where just the food that usually you eat maybe isn't there or it's going to be more expensive. Uh, to where, let's say, if you were to have a garden in your front yard, which is what you did, right? You cultivated your own garden opposed to waiting for someone to deliver something to a grocery store and go there. And multiple streams of income, always a good thing. And you're saying real estate is absolutely a good thing and for people right do it now right. Do it right when you do it right and now that's why you're here that's why you're here <laughs> uh and now you know we're we're going to be heading into a global recession it looks like this is going to be
1: we are we are currently worse. in a global recession. we are <laughs>
0: in a global recession already and um there there are people <laughs> like yourself that are that are extremely excited uh for a period like this and, and let me explain that term before i, I hand it over to alfonso is that you know, there are opportunities that come around in life. And for an investor, when things go down and things are cheap for the people that are prepared, uh, they're, they're out there buying. So if you're wondering how anything is being bought and sold right now, it's people like him. So for, for the individual right now that is looking to diversify and they're thinking about an income property, is right now a good time for the average Joe? What is it that they need to have to be prepared in this landscape right now just
1: to get started? Yeah, the problem is for the average Joe, um, there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to real estate, right? And so, and there's a there's a whole learning curve that you have to go through. I don't think if, I don't think the average Joe is in a position to go out there and, you know, really, truly, truly, truly capture the opportunities in real estate like someone that that like me that's I'm, that is seasoned and been doing this for about 20 years uh-huh. what what it, what the average joe uh needs to do and we we're just talking about the average joe right needs to educate themselves on what a deal looks like most people don't even understand when you say the word real estate most people think automatically think about oh i'm gonna you know, do what they're doing on HGTV—take a house, fix it up, and flip it. Um, you know, which is a good strategy, but again, that's still uh, a job that is still—I uh, will still categorize that as a like a, as a business, like a like a, like an active business, right? What I do is a little bit different. Where, where I'm looking at multifamily units, and I pretty much have a have built a model that is armageddon proof and when i mean armageddon i mean at the end of the day nothing is really i mean if there's a if a meteor meteor uh, came and you know hit planet earth i think uh, <laughs> i mean it's all it, it, you know that's the end of the world or whatever so anything we do is irrelevant right if, if, but you know there is ways of protecting your investments and so the very first thing that the average joe needs to do is get the right education on what an actual deal looks like so the average joe is just going to hear you know all real estate is good right now and they're going to go and invest based on speculation right as an investor we make decisions based on the numbers so number one thing that people need to do and especially right now because real estate will have a lag right now there's amazing opportunities but the the actual opportunities are going to come uh about six months to a year after the light's gone so basically when we all go back to normal or whatever normal right. whatever the normal is going to look like the actual opportunities will come a year six months to a year later because really, there's always a lag in real estate perfect so, example
0: yeah, oh, go, go ahead, ahead, please. No, no. That, go no, ahead. No, so, big
1: example. example 9, 9/11 uh, mini contraction. Right. It was like boom. It was like the first tremor. Like boom. Right. And so we knew we knew something was coming, but it it actually lagged all the way till 2008. Okay. Right. Actually, towards the tail end of 2007, right. 2008, and the bottom was to 2010. Right. And these are market cycles. And as an investor, we're always expecting these market cycles and we're ready for them. So okay. if your average invest, if your average person watching your program right now can just go out there and get, you know, go online, go to YouTube, whatever type of information, the right information, okay. then they can be ready for one of the biggest contractions that I would say it's coming, or the, the, one of the biggest contractions, recessions in history, in, in, you know, bigger than the Great Depression. Okay,
0: so now i really want to dumb it down for people okay i really want to just bring it down to the common person i own a house or maybe i'm even i'm renting i have a little bit of equity maybe i have a little bit of money on the side how much do i need to get started is this something that you're only going to suggest go out there and buy properties that after they educate themselves so first number one educate so then number two you have to have the buying power would you suggest that somebody does that that just has a little bit of you know, equity in the home and doing a refinance? Do you suggest that they save up money on the side? What, what would you say would be the, the first really solid step towards going out there, purchasing an income property and making that a
1: reality? Okay, so uh, to dumb it down, I'm, just, I'm gonna just be- Yeah, like for me, simple. you need to talk to me. Yeah, <laughs> as simple <laughs> and as frank as I can be. Right. There's two types of currencies in the world. The first one we all understand money, dinero, argent. Uh, I don't know how many other ways to say money, but uh, the second is the intellectual currency, right You can put you can strip me away from everything today, I can start with zero money and then end up bigger and better than I ever was before because I have that intellectual currency so not only is the education key but you need to take the proper steps the worst thing people can do is um, act based on fear or speculation because everybody else is doing something you're gonna just go start taking money out of your property and start investing without really understanding so here's some of the levels okay so at the, at the very at the very beginning you you don't know anything right i didn't know anything i had to search for someone in my community that that had the results that i was looking for and whatever it takes you know either work for them for free do something offer them i offered i offered this guy you know 10,000 dollars a month it doesn't really matter the money is irrelevant right compared to once you have the intellectual currency now you can really make moves. Okay. And, and so that's gonna make the biggest difference in the average, the average person's life. So because the money is not important,
0: life, you're telling me. So if, the, for instance, it doesn't matter. That, if I'm renting my home or, I'm, or I, I own a home, it doesn't matter. You're saying, I don't have to have $10,000 in the bank. Just as long as I have the education, then i can make the smart moves financially to make number, happen. that's
1: number one right okay now the money will come from somewhere okay right the money will come from somewhere but if you have the intellectual currency you can attract the money for example you asked me a question why did why did i uh, start in hip-hop because it, i was very non-knowledgeable in hip-hop i mean do you remember the source magazine yeah of course i would read that cover to cover i could tell you you know all the All the rappers all the groups and why what was their their mic score I could tell you everything right and so I was knowledgeable in that industry and I was able to convey that knowledge to the people around me where they believed in me so they can so I was able to raise now I'm seven uh, at that time I was 19 so I was able to raise two thousand seven hundred dollars but i wouldn't have been able to raise that raise those funds if i didn't have the intellectual currency in right. that space right and so you know if you have money great if you don't have money great at the end of the day you can still get started in fact you're more you're better off if you don't have money because if if you have a little bit of money the problem is you you're you're now in conservation mode you're scared right it's like Never, never take advice from a a millionaire because a millionaire is just conserving. You know, the, the advice that Warren Buffett is giving you today is not how he started his business, right? It's not the same Warren Buffett that got him to where he is today. Right. And, and so you have to reach out, get, find a mentor to get that intellectual currency. Once you have it, no one can take it away. Right, right, right. I agree with that so strongly.
0: Your ego is not always your amigo. And so many people kind of want to do it on their own. All the best coaches in the world have coaches. Uh, there's nobody Absolutely. out there that doesn't have a coach. So to go out there Everybody. and find someone that's done it before you. Matthew Britt said something very similar as well. And I believe that as well. And uh, we were talking about Robin Sharma just briefly in regards to his 5am club. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he, he always goes on about the value of books uh, and the fact that oh, the yeah. people that have gone out there and achieve the goals that you already want to achieve, uh, they, they leave the blueprint behind. So you have to make less errors if you decide to you know, heed the warnings that they give you and educate yourself, like you said, uh, making sure that your success, brain power's in the right place. Success leaves clues. Right, absolutely.
1: Right. That's so, really wild so,
0: stuff. So I'll give you an example of where, where I'm coming from and maybe there's mm-hmm. other people that are, that are in this situation. So three years ago, I invested one door. So it's a property for, you know, a family. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a family home, and I had the opportunity to invest when my, when my mother passed away. So it was something that I was stuck with, okay? I made the choice just to go for it, just to get into the game. Yeah, uh, And I know that you're not a big fan of one door. Some simple Simons like me have to start that way. Now, if I could do it in a perfect world, I'd probably want to have at least two, like a duplex, right? So if uh, if one person's not paying, at least there's someone on the bottom that, that's paying my mortgage. I don't want anything coming out of my pocket. I want money going in. Uh, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit because I know you're a big fan of cash flow. Uh, so there there was an opportunity that I had. I took it. You know, there's condo fees, which I don't necessarily find to be all that attractive, uh, so with that just scenario that I gave you right there, if there was an individual that could potentially get one door, the condo fees are about $400. Um, I don't have any background in real estate. And the education definitely wasn't there, right? But let's say if I was just a little bit more educated, if there's an opportunity there that seems good, would you, would you tell that person to buy one door? Or for today's market, are you saying like, it's a duplex or, or bust? If you're going to buy one door, live in it
1: yeah so good good question uh jason you know it's it and i've been saying this for years okay and the reason the reason i can say it with uh you know with gusto is because i lived it i make i made the same mistakes as everybody else right like i went and bought that one door you know the problem with the one door is it has too many leaks right so one door usually means one income right? So you want income to pay the furnace, one income to pay the the, the uh, you know the, 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 the snow removal, one income to pay the roof, one income to change the windows. And so usually uh, the one door is actually the most expensive piece of real estate that you could ever find, oh. right? Because the value of that real estate is based on comparables, but mostly emotions right? It has to have, you know, you, you heard that old saying, kitchen, kitchens and bathrooms sell homes. Or, you know, uh, they, they, they always say, you know what, well, you have to stage your home and all of this stuff, which is great, right? But that's the housing market. The housing market is, it, 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 it goes up and down with the money market. And the money markets go up and down with people's emotions and how they feel right and so for example i look at you know apartment buildings and so if someone moves out out of your one single family door your one unit yeah you are not going to sleep because you have to now think about how who's going to pay this mortgage (laughs) if someone moves out of one of my 36 unit buildings it's a non-event right 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 it's a non-event for me and so There's a calculation that i used for cash flow the first one is going to be the cost per unit and one second cash flow for people that don't know because you might be
0: talking to people like me three years ago where i really didn't have an idea cash flow is simply just the money that you make on top of your income
1: minus expenses minus debt that's your cash flow right after you've serviced debt after you paid all your expensive expenses then you have cash flow jayman Everything you want in life is at the other side of cash flow. Cash flow is what gives you freedom. Cash flow is the reason that, you know, I can go through pandemics. And you know, cash flow is the reason that I can travel around the world and do the things that I love. I can start organizations and help.
0: Yeah, and wear know, fancy shirts. Of,
1: yeah. <laughs> Look at that shirt, So, come on, pop that, sh- I wanna see that, pop,
0: That's a, that's a fancy, you're a dapper looking dude. <laughs> From hip hop to this, so, eh?
1: So, so the cash flow is what we're looking for, and so just going back to simple economics, right? The more cash flow, the better. And so, if you if you open a business, if you if you opened a you know a store or a restaurant, and you only had one customer, you'd be in trouble because the second that customer doesn't want to do business with you anymore, right. you are have you have no business. So that's the logic and reason behind multiple doors that's the logic and reason that i discovered a long time ago when i bought my single family home and discovered that that is the worst investment that you can actually make
0: okay so you're saying if it came in between buying an investment property uh or not buying an investment property if you're gonna do it you're suggesting minimum two doors don't bother renting out one door.
1: i'm saying minimum okay There's there's also a threshold, right? The reason the reason why the single is the most expensive is because you have the majority of the buyers going after singles, right? It's a consumable, right? And so that drives up the price. Okay, that drives up the price. So, for example, and the an average house here in Ottawa is about four hundred thousand, right? Now the duplex is just the same because there's still you have the majority of the the, of the people of the buyers looking for singles and and doubles either a single family home condo or the duplex okay people can't because what happens people talk about you know toilets trades and tenants people just are scared that is just like a human humans don't want to be responsible for other humans which is why you don't have you know everybody starting companies because people don't want to hire people that that just seems like a, a path of least resistance for a lot of people but what happens is the majority of the people can say well I can stomach someone in my basement you know someone helping me uh, you know pay my my mortgage and for the most part, that's where the majority of the of the buyers are, which drives the prices up. Now, once you go to three, that's a different animal, right? Three now, you're starting to you need to understand more about the numbers, how they work, and, and now the cost per unit will reduce. So you the higher you go in units, okay, the higher you go in units, the more secure you are in terms of, of the investment the easier it is for you to get financing. Mm-hmm. And, and now you're, you're not making emotional decisions. Mm-hmm. You're making more logical decisions based on, on uh, logic and reason. The numbers, right? The okay. numbers have to be dense. And the more you go, the, more you, the higher you go in numbers, the more buyers drop, so less competition, which means it reduces the cost per unit and increases the cash flow
0: okay but now for the average individual though like we said and real start estate at real start estate started three okay yeah. so and i guess at, you know at the same time alfonso i guess what that really speaks to that if you're if you're going to get into real estate not only just to have the smarts but i think that really does um it kind of separates the the amateurs from the people that want to go out there and maybe be a little bit more pro if you're really not serious about taking real estate all the way through. Uh, and, and building it, maybe it's something that you really shouldn't be in. Invest your money other places, right? Because it'll be the or, person that wants or, to go out there or, and get the one home, or, right?
1: Or find someone, yeah, that has that intellectual currency, right. right? That can that knows how to, you know, put deals together, so right. you can you can benefit
0: okay. from
1: someone else's someone else's expertise. But, but I'm know, thinking about, a about other people's money, other people's efforts, other people's time, right? if you're a doctor you're not gonna be you don't want to be investing you know uh, on a a triplex that's gonna drive you nuts if you're a doctor you have your career you know take some of the money and instead of putting it into the uh, into the into the money markets maybe diversify and put it with someone that understands what they're doing
0: okay so you're saying maybe you're not the person to actually do the business of buying and selling but you would be the person that funds and become part of that project again this comes through education you talk about it like oh yeah you just do this that whatever and i think that's why so many people make mistakes and i definitely i've learned so much uh in in the past three years now i think it definitely benefited me that i've been self-employed and and i've run business now for about the last 12 years for myself and there's some lessons just across the board that makes sense uh, and reinvesting is part of it so i haven't necessarily reinvested in other properties but i have taken the money that i make and i kind of put that cash flow aside that's why I took the property because I knew that there would be some cash flow there Uh, but always making sure that I put that money aside in case anything went wrong and lo and behold just recently I got rid of a squatter that was there for six months so basically what would have been my year's profits could have been a year's worth of losses instead I just broke even because I took some of that money and and I put it in the right place okay so I want to move on to some other things as well because, like, you're just multifaceted, and it's obvious that you're well-spoken. Um, and I, I've seen a lot of your stuff. Uh, you're you're <laughs> a public speaker. You thrive on public speaking. I know that you're a value-driven individual, and you're more than happy to do things for free if you think someone can get one nugget out of something that you say. So I know that you're involved with Keyspire. Now I'm not. I'm not 100% sure about what it is that's being done. Because I, I know that you do public speaking for real estate. Is it just public speaking in general? And what are the things that you're most passionate about speaking uh, outside of, of real estate?
1: Yeah, so um, I do training for, for uh, you know, for, for Keyspire, right? They do their three, they, and it's, it's a real estate educational company. But on the other side, I have a, a, key, a keynote business which you know i give keynotes all across uh north america and uh it's about a 40 40 minute presentation a 45 minute to an hour presentation is pretty much i go through my life and the the premise behind it is number one discovering their why uh i believe very much in expansion because everybody should be in an expansion mode and then ultimately giving people some key takeaways what can they do in their life to get started right now in whatever they I've, I've you know part of my uh, you know I guess uh, what I do is real estate right but when I go and speak it I mean sometimes people don't even realize that you know I built my in, entire career on real estate they just want to know how can I do it for me because not everybody's gonna want to go out and invest in real estate yeah. so some people just want to grow their business some people they just want to get better at their career so the the signature the speech that i give across north america it's all about transformational change okay. because i went from being a 15 year old homeless high school dropout to running a successful corporation you know before i was 20 years old and making millions of dollars and whatnot and so in just 5 years i had a huge massive transformation and so there's a there's so much to be learned in that experience you see we, we tend to overestimate what we can accomplish in one year. We are, we put so much pressure on, on ourselves and you know, we got to get it done today and you know, we got to take advantage of what's going on today, but people really truly underestimate what can be accomplished in five years, because right. in five years, you can go through a full life transformation. Right. The person you were last year, you're not the person today. And so that's kind of what, you know, I want to give that gift to people of expansion, of change, of transformation, transforming yourself. Right, Gary Gary V. Uh, some yeah. people may not know Gary
0: V. I know you would, uh, but for mm-hmm. those uh, that don't, doesn't even matter. He's he's constantly being approached by students. He seems to be really in there, like with the millennial crowd, and uh, you know he'll be in airports, and people will always be talking about how they feel they should be further ahead than they are. It really speaks to the truth that you spoke right there, and he goes well look at it like this, you know, uh, you're how old? And they'll say they're 22 years old. He says, the way that I look at you is that you're 22% through life, right? You have you have another, you know, 78% to accomplish. He's like, I'm 41 and I feel like, you know, I still have so much more uh, to go out there and accomplish. And I know that sometimes, uh, even myself, I get caught up in that. I'm like, shit, I should, I should have more, shit, I should be doing more, uh, opposed to just realizing that, Uh, it's more about the small daily contributions. If you're making small daily contributions, you're learning a little bit more. You're educating yourself a little bit more. You're investing just a little bit more. As long as you're taking small incremental steps, like you said, at the end of those five years, you'll look back and you're like, I can't believe the person that I was opposed to the person that I am today. And and these steps are so small- yeah, is that you? You sometimes you don't you don't realize that you're going through great change through those consistencies. What do you think yeah. is the number one mistake people make when it comes to uh, their own personal development?
1: I think everybody wants the magic pill, right? right. Everybody wants it now. That's the that's the problem. Like, um, you know, people say, "Show me what to do. What am I going to? What's the neighborhood like, I'm going to invest in?" Well, no, that's not where it starts. <laughs> like, you know, everybody that I've ever seen that's successful in real estate. Went back and got the education. They got coaching. They got mentors. They, they, you know, it's it's about the individual growth because it's all about mindset, right? And so, you know, you can't go from zero to you know multi millions of dollars in real estate all across the country overnight. This is a twenty year, uh, I guess, adventure for me, right? right? The twenty year. It's a twenty year journey to now. I can talk about it and I can, and I can talk about it with authority because I've built the foundation. I've gone through all the steps. There was no magic pill. The magic pill was, you know, a daily action habits and change and transformation and learning 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 and learning. And and I'm still learning because the second you stop learning, that's the second you start going backwards. Right? Right. So the, the, the biggest, the biggest, you know, misconception is that you can take a magic pill and lose weight, or take a magic pill and uh, you know, all of a sudden you, you're you're going to make millions of dollars because you, you're 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 taking a you know a, a two-day course or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's a lifelong learning adventure, and I right. call it adventure because that's the that the journey is what it what you're doing it for. It's not right. the outcome.
0: Right, and you know, I even notice it sometimes in myself i'm looking to diversify a little bit more and get into some other investments especially with what's going on with the market and i remember looking at i think it was td or rbc i'm looking at banks right because the banks they'll be here when this is all done <laughs> yes and you know they're they're selling at about 25 percent less right so i'm thinking okay i invest a thousand bucks uh that's only going to pay me you know, 250 bucks, people want that big score. They want to, you know, Bitcoin money to where, you know, they're gonna invest a thousand bucks and somehow that's gonna turn into 10,000. So number one, you know, I mean, that takes time. Also, if you wanna do it, you know, with the current model that I just pointed out, lo- loads of people are looking at it and thinking, you know, I'd really have to invest $10,000 if I want to see the kind of money that I wanna see. But of course they don't have that $10,000 nor feel comfortable with putting that $10,000 out there. Uh, and it's amazing for people that I know that have been very successful with penny stocks and stuff like that, uh, that are, that are patient. I know that's nowhere close to the level that Alfonso's at. (laughs) That's a little bit closer to maybe what I'd be doing as I learn. And I think it's great that there's a lot of people that are out there right now playing around with markets with, with small amounts of money and just seeing, you know, how good they are reading the market. And then hopefully that leads to greater education and Uh, meeting up with people that know what they're doing, opposed to just trying to navigate this type of stuff by themselves. And if you're curious and you're looking for help in these areas in regards to income properties, uh, the right steps to move, uh, make sure that you're talking to this guy. I want to make sure, I don't want to just say it at the end. I want to say it right now that it's really important that you do talk to the professionals because I'm telling you uh, just some of the stuff that you're saying to me now that that I've learned uh, like, through the hard knocks of life, uh, you would have saved me uh, a lot of trouble, like quite potentially maybe what I would have done with that one door is I would have sold it just right then and there at the moment uh, and invested that into a triplex, like you were saying. <laughs> uh, so I wanna, I wanna finish off here with something that I think is just awesome. Uh, and I'm, I'm probably gonna say that this is the most value-driven thing that you do. And that would be your youth foundation, and I, I believe that's that's driven towards entrepreneurship. Correct? Giving, giving people the tools. Well, more or less, the, giving youth the tools, young, uh, to yeah. where they can start to hone in their skills at a much younger age. So by the time that you know these kids are you know twenty five, thirty years old, they're already well beyond their ten thousand hours.
1: Yeah, and not just so. It's it is a, a big component of it is entrepreneurship. Okay. Another component is also skills, skill sets that they're gonna need, like salesmanship. Right. If you learn how to sell, you can have a you can have employment anywhere, right? right? If you if you learn how to sell, how to speak in public, you know, that confidence and have proper work ethic, those are three skill sets that are not taught in schools that if you if a, a young person could adapt to their life right now, They're going to be often running, and maybe they're going to be the the most successful person in their company. So it's not just about uh, starting a business; it's about you know uh, giving the youth the skill sets that I that I felt that I would have benefited from when I when I was fourteen years old, you know, fifteen years old, dropping out of high school. Because I remember a lot of these people used to come. You know, we'd have these uh, you know people come to our high school. They they put the the entire Uh, school together and then they in the auditorium and then it's this guy would come and say oh yeah you know you can do it you can do it and it and it it just never resonated with me right so uh, a big passion of mine was just to you know go back and and, you know see if I can connect with some of these young people because when I was 15 I was lost I was completely lost and uh, if someone would have gave me anything tangible. I don't mm. think I would have had to go through all the things that I that I went through. Right. right? Even though it built me, and I don't regret anything that has happened to me. Right. Um, you know, because I'm ultimately I'm a survivor. Right. I'm not a victim of you know all the circumstances. Right. And so you know I I've been you know I've been speaking to schools for a very long time. And go in there and, and talk to the kids, but they only give—they they give me about an hour, an hour and a half. What can you give someone for an hour, an hour and a half? Right. Right. And so I had a, a meeting with the the school boards, and I said, guys, listen, I you know I really appreciate what you guys are doing, and I have another level that I'm willing to offer for free, for free. Right. I want to do a one-day workshop with the with these young people, and in that workshop, we're going to talk about the the differences between consumers versus investors the differences you know between uh you know starting a business and having a job a career we're going to go through public speaking we're going to go through salesmanship we're going to go through work ethics you know we're going to give a a well-rounded uh you know uh workshop to these young people and at the end of it maybe they have some people that they can they can touch you know have some, some touch points so they can continue on that journey, right? Mm-hmm. And so the school board said, you know, Alfonso, like we love your your energy and everything that you want to do, but we think it's just a little bit too much for our young people. Mm-hmm. And what we would like is if you just come and talk to our at-risk youth, right? And so I said, guys, you know, I have no problem doing that. I I mean, I love to to, to talk to young people and and encourage them and, and and inspire them. But let me ask you a question. Who do you consider to be at risk? And then they said, "Well, you know, we, uh, you know, the new new Canadians or people that are just, you know, uh, either have behavior problems or that are going to drop out of uh, high school." And I said, "I know where your heart is at, but you're wrong. You're wrong. All youth are at risk. All of them. All youth in the world are at risk because." we they, they're going through an an institution right they're being institutionalized right and the for the most part the the, the that structure was based on an old model of an right. industrial era where it needed to produce uh employees and and it's not the fault of the teachers i'll tell you that because everybody understands what needs to happen The problem is they have no resources. There's lack of uh, of proper education. They're they're not they're not looking ten years ahead. They're just kind of dealing with whatever they have, right? Right, right. And so, and so I said, okay, well I can do two things, J man. I can do two things. One, I could say, okay, guys, I just you know that was a good shot. Okay, maybe I'll try again in five years and, and propose my thing, or. I could take the, the responsibility and take, you know, you know, put my, mu- my money where my mouth is. Right. And so this is where the, the youth organization started. We're now we're, we do one day workshops. And of course we can't do that right now. Right. But uh, the point of it is it's like, you know, we give them a one day workshop, not in a community center, not in a, in a school setting, but I want right. them to come to a, a hotel venue with linen. And feel like they're getting something and I don't dumb down I'm not gonna dumb down the information yeah. I'm gonna give them a, 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 a maybe a condensed version of what I would teach adults yeah and the result ha- has been amazing amazing right. amazing yeah. amazing these kids at the end of it they're like wow you know right. consumer investor and so um, <laughs> you know right now we're, we're still getting started we started in 2008 and you know Uh, the most part I'm the only one doing delivering this program because I know exactly what I need them to know but I want to I'm going to extend it but if anybody that's listening to this and can put together 40 kids once all this COVID stuff is over put together 40 kids I will fly down to anywhere across North America and I will deliver this program for free 100% for free for the for, for the young people involved ages 12 to 17 and uh you know anywhere on my own dime
0: okay and we'll make sure they have the information for that too and i might even try to do that right here in the nation's capital for you and save you the flight (laughs) Uh, And (laughs) you, you know you're so right in regards to you know every child being at risk you know the school system it is outdated or at the very least they could add a lot of things that would be of immense value like understanding cash flow like knowing how to write a will like knowing what it's like to go out there and buy a property like for so many individuals that go out there and and purchase for the first time, it's incredibly nerve wracking. And it doesn't have to be. Not everyone necessarily goes out there and gets educated about buying their first home. You know, they're usually doing it after the fact. I'm on to what's gonna be a third property and I'm still shaking in my boots. Uh, And I have no one else to blame other than myself at this point. So you and I are gonna be talking uh, a little bit more about that. So it's great that you highlighted that. And um, that wants, Sorry, that brings me to, uh, I, want, I want to wrap up here. I want to ask you just a couple of questions. Uh, just, you know, kind of like back and forth, because I'm just really curious. Uh, in regards to personal development, who's your go-to? Who's the mentor when it comes to the, the person that you read the most that, that spoke to you most clearly when it came to your personal
1: development? Whoo! there's a few. There's a, there's a, there's Give me a one. Okay. I want one. Okay. <laughs> I would have to say right now, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Okay. You know. Robert Kiyosaki, I think it was a pivotal moment for me to read that. And another one is Napoleon Hill, thinking Grow Rich. Oh, you threw him two, you sneaky son of a gun. <laughs> you broke the rules. You broke the <laughs> rules. And Kawasaki right now, he's actually
0: speaking out uh, really loudly in regards to what's happening with, um, with the outbreak right now yep. and, and where to invest and stuff like that. If you're looking for someone really interesting to follow, especially right now, uh, that would be the guy. And, of course, uh, checking out those books. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know what, if I could pick one right now, I, Jim Rohn. I'm not so much about, like, his books. I love his keynotes. I think those are fantastic. Yeah. And as far as books, I just, I get so deep inside of uh, Robin Sharma. It just, it, oh, wow. he was just someone that I, he's Canadian, number one, he's Toronto-based. And uh, he just came to me at the right time to where it kind of pushed me along my my personal development. uh he didn't deal so much about the finances like obviously you're like right in, give me the money mm-hmm. show me mm-hmm. the money get up give me your what do you do when it's when it's payday when your residuals come in you have a little practice
1: oh oh you're
0: you're, you're talking about my rent day dance yes <laughs> give me a little rent day dance get up and give me a little bit of a rent day dance it's a hey whoa whoa, whoa. you're gonna get a shutdown i won't be able to put this up on
1: youtube <laughs> okay uh last two favorite movie my, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! You hit me. This, you know, I would say right, right away when you said that. I have so many, but I would have to say, uh, uh, the pursuit of happiness. Oh, uh, Will Smith! It hit me. That hit me, man. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, right. you know, you know, one of uh, I, I think if you haven't, right, if you haven't watched that, uh, you know, go and watch it. Okay, and. Uh, favorite
0: artist Jay-Z Jay-Z right Jay-Z and we're talking about all time we're gonna go Biggie you love Biggie I do it's such a shame so many of these great names are gone I'm a big uh, MJ fan when MJ left I was like that impact it was the first time uh, (laughs) that someone famous died where I felt like I lost something. Like how ridiculous is it? (laughs) It's like, oh, my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I'll tell you, uh, when when it comes to MJ, I mean, I I remember being in Latin America and I could sing a lot of his songs and I couldn't even speak English. (laughs)
0: That's crazy, that's absolutely wild. Well, Alfonso, this has been an absolute slice. If people wanna find out more about you uh, outside of the information that will be here on this podcast, where can they go to find out more about you and yep. everything that it is that you do?
1: You know what? Uh, just go Google okay. and Google my name and you'll find, I'm on every platform. Right. Um, if you, if they want to be engaged a little bit more, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I post videos and all kinds of stuff, personal development, uh, you know, maybe some financial stuff and it's not, it's not about trying to to sell anything. I just want to bring value to the world. Right. I want to be remembered for helping people.
0: Right. That's how you build a legacy, my friend. Yeah, That's yes, really sir. awesome stuff. Uh, so, you know, what? I, I really wanted to have a chat with you for a long time. I believe it was last year when I reached out to you uh, initially, and then I took a little bit of a break with my podcast, and I wanted to make sure that I got back into the flow again uh, before we had a You've chat. You've been doing
1: a great job. Uh, I mean, I've seen a few of them. And uh you know, you have a really great uh interview uh style. And uh, I've been I'm also I'm also an interviewer because I, I'm so interested in, in people. But I'll tell you this, your voice, man, love that voice. You right, have maybe the, we should do
0: one together. With my voice and your hips will we'll rule the internet <laughs> and your brains and your brains.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so thank good, you for that Alfonso. Good job. Kudos to you and, and, and it's it's You know what you're doing is amazing uh doing interviews like this bringing value to people uh in 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 a time where you know what they need it yeah well thank you for sharing
0: your brain space and helping people uh potentially miss the mistakes that i've made that you've made that many others have made uh, so they can flourish in a marketplace that are seeing so many people kind of frees up in fear. So again, uh, Alfonso, thank you for your time. Another huge shout out to my sponsor, Glant Media. Straight out of toilet paper, baby. Woo, I gotta, 20
1: I gotta, bucks. I got to get, get myself one of those.
0: Okay, we're going to chat. Uh, you can mm-hmm. find him online, GlantMedia.ca. He does websites, graphic design, T-shirts, promo materials, and more.
1: J-Man Beautiful. saying,
0: as always, take care, be well, and love simply because you can. Thanks again, brother.